The Buffalo Sabres continue to be consistently inconsistent. We take a deep dive into what exactly is going on with this team. All this and more on this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly. As always, I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss. And Dom, we're going to keep it light on the Bills news today. The only thing I'm going to say is Gabe Davis posted an eight-minute goodbye, pretty much, to Bills Mafia. Um, kind of surreal. You wouldn't. Exp- I mean, we've talked about it. He is going to walk. But a couple years ago, after his four-touchdown performance against Kansas City in the divisional round, this isn't a time you necessarily see in the future. So, just you want you want to give a quick thought, quick goodbye to Gabe quick Davis. Thought. Yeah, a quick thought um, on Gabe. Big game, Gabe. Definitely a great return of investment on a fourth <laughs> round draft pick. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I think it's just a situation where I think the team would want him back. I think he would want to be back, but just anyone that says the cap is a myth, like eventually it comes up to you with these decisions, and it seems to me that they had a decision to either pay Dawson Knox or pay Gabe Davis, and they decided to pay Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, I saw that this morning. It was the money that is going to Dawson Knox is the is. thing that's prohibiting I mean, the Bills from bringing Gabe Davis back. So, unfortunate at the end of the day, but, I mean, you got to move on at some point. And he didn't have the best season last year, so it's a time where a lot of people expected it. We expect him to walk simply because the money, like we said, so... Yeah, I think, I think he has underrated value in, you know, the blocking and leadership. Maybe not so much the receiving of the position of wide receiver, which yeah. is weird to say. But, right. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been a great player for this organization for the past four years. We wish him nothing but the best. And hopefully, honestly, I'm hopeful he gets the bag because that will help the Bills get, you know, a, a good comp pick. Uh, yeah. Like Tremaine did. And right. Who knows? Maybe it's a situation I saw someone – talk about maybe it's like Shaq lost and you know he gets the bag and then you know after that contract comes back and plays with the bills when the cap is all figured out. I don't know but you never know at the end of the day anything could happen I've seen him already mocked to KC so we'll have to wait and see what happens there I don't know that could be dangerous but this pod is focused on one team today and one team only and that is the disappointing Buffalo Sabres to say the least uh they win seven to nothing I get texts from a couple of my friends. This team's back. We're back to what we used to be. No, no. They go right back to this season form, the next game, just lose to the Panthers 4 to nothing. They come off a 7-0 and shutout. They get shut out 4 to nothing at home. We got a lot to talk about. Dom, to scratch the surface, what do you, what do you, before we deep dive here, what do you think? What, we haven't really gone deep into the Sabres in the past couple weeks, so interested to hear your thoughts. I mean, I don't think it's, it's a microchasm of their season. They yeah. win a game 7 nothing. They lose the next game 4 nothing. They win an exciting 3-2 overtime road game against Minnesota, you know, scoring 38 seconds left to tie the game. Mm-hmm. You know, really quality win. And they come back home and they just completely blow a game against the Ducks, who are one of the worst teams in the league. I, I just, 
I want to say like that they went oh and oh oh and two against oh and two against the Ducks, and that's over for four points against one of the worst. Like, if you're not going to get the four points against the Ducks, you're like, not. Yeah, you're not going to make the playoffs. No, nope. and it's just it's it's frustrating because they really played pretty well, let, you know, yesterday, but uh, just turnovers. I didn't think it was the sharpest UPL game, and just I mean they outshot them by a significant margin and. John Gibson made a couple of really nice saves, and UPL kind of didn't have it, had, had probably one of his worst performances in the last couple of months, which is unfortunate. Uh, and I don't think he got helped out by the fact of the Sabres turned the puck over a little bit and gave up some chances, even though they didn't get like a lot of chances. It was quality chances to score, and you just can't lose a game at home to the Ducks. I no, mean, just, I mean, you really can't. And that's the tough thing about it. It's really. If, if, if I was a gambling man, which I was for a good stretch there until I lost the Bills-Chiefs game, I decided to call it quits. Um, I would take the over on the Sabres shots per game every game. Goals? No, never. Never never would I never would I ever estimate how many goals they score per game because guess what? Their shots are up there with the best of them. They just don't score. Well, that's the thing. I think that's the frustrating part is you see the last couple of games – that especially the game, some of the games they've lost, they've had a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of goals. Like the Kings was one the you know in the stretch of games since the All Star break, one of the games where they didn't have as many shots as they did against Florida, against the Stars, against the Ducks, for example. But they right. scored seven goals. And I think that kind of gets into the oh the Sabers overpass. But I just think maybe they've gotten maybe a little bit too much. I know they've gotten goalied a little bit, but. Maybe have they swung, you know, the pendulum too far and to shoot first, and they could maybe be, you know, in a game where they get 38 shots, maybe get that number down to 30, but have those 30 shots have a more, you know, dangerous scoring opportunities than those 38. I think that's something maybe you have to look at. And yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just it's it's very frustrating. But I know we do have a clip from Coach Don Granado, Donnie Meatballs. We'll we'll get to that in a few minutes here. You did. You did prepare something. You brought a piece of paper with some writing on I it. I did. I, I don't know. I think we should do the Don Granado thing first. All right. Let's hit Don Granado. If we're ready to play that clip, um, here are his thoughts basically on what the issue is with the team. So I, I hope you can get more out of it than I did because it's pretty much what everyone's been saying all season. So here it is. Point of last season to be part of the playoff rush to, to push to have them learn what it took to be in a playoff race, um, and yet. They haven't learned that, or have they learned that? This is a process, so so they're in the process of learning it. This is the obvious. You would hope they would have learned it, right? And right. and you you hope and you know you, I can remember us talking last year. You, you can't forecast. I'm not in the forecast business. You wanted me to forecast this season back then, and and there's too many elements uh, throughout the league. Injuries being one of them, and 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 but there's just too many elements. And you're in the middle of this process, and you know our our responsibility is to make sure we're Again, we're 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 getting better. So when we get through this, we're, we're going to be a, have a better product by going through any adversity, any challenge. Um, and the good indicator for us is we're getting we're getting better in the areas we've targeted that we needed to get better in from last year. Now, uh, you know the scoring, wins, though, the, the the scoring, obviously, John. I mean, why not? Well, I mean, it's, it's John, John, we can the, state the yeah. obvious, and that's and that's another obvious. That we're, it's all about winning uh, at the end of the day, but. There's areas that were targeted that we needed to progress in. We're getting, we've gotten a lot better in those areas, and then, and obviously the numbers show. What's 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 not there is what we know this team and we've come to know this team as being very good at, scoring. 
right? It's all going to come back at some point, and the foundation is going to be stronger. Does the mindset need to change, though? I mean, given what you just said to John, I know the team is different, but today felt a little bit like a game last year, and a lot of times last year you guys did outscore your mistakes, but that has not been a consistent theme this year. So if it's not a consistent theme, does the mindset or the approach need to change if that's not something that can be done, I guess, as easy as it once was? The psyche might need to change. I don't think the mindset or the approach needs to change. The psyche, that's feeling a little bit better, you know, a little bit better about your scoring touch. And obviously that goes with scoring. You know that goal scorers and, you know, hitters in baseball, and it, it's a feel thing. And and uh, the guys that I mentioned that had chances tonight, uh, you know, and, and we know they can they can do better. And, um, again, it's, it's um, – you know, so it's more of a psyche thing. I don't think it's a, you know, a, a mindset or a, a different approach. Thanks. Yep. All right, Sabres head coach Don Granato, courtesy of Channel 7 WKBW here in Buffalo. Um, Matt Bovee's Twitter, also, if you're interested, it's where I found that clip. The psyche is what needs to change, not the mindsets or the execution. What did you What did you make of that <laughs> over there? I just I I was the one who found the clip. I just I want to see Dom's reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, I think he's not wrong that every team faces adversity, but it just seems that the Sabers just can't get through it. Like, yeah, they've been a revolving door f- since 2013, really, coaching wise, and that's it. At, you know, as Sean McDermott was once quoted, you know, the light shines brightest on those who come through adversity and sabers are not they're there's in the dark the reason why they're in the dark <laughs> i mean yeah i just it, it's a frustrating i just know the way other than it's just a frustrating year it just seems like a complete lost year which is you know when you have you know that linear growth as, as a team mm-hmm. right like you had the whole eichel saga and and then you had that oh really cool second half and then the next year oh you had a 90 point season her highest in 10 years it's, everything was looking up. Everything's on its way up, but now mm-hmm. you have this year where it's like I don't even know what the heck is going on. Right, right. You can't, you can't understand it. Everyone's regressed. Your star players that have really come out and shown themselves. Tage Thompson regressed after multiple forty-plus point seasons. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's just a lost, it's a lost year mm-hmm. because I, it's just I hate to blame injuries because I think it, blaming injuries is is a loser's mentality. But I think. Some of these guys are just ham- – I mean, some of these guys aren't, aren't playing well, period. Like, yeah. Point blank. But, like, I just feel like Tage is a is a weird case where it just seems like he, he had to have, like, broken his hand or his wrist on that. When we were there. We watched yes. it happen. It- I just don't think he's been able to – like, every time – like, his stick handling has just been really off. Mm-hmm. Like It's I, like they club him up, tape him up, and he's restricted. That's almost. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I just – so, I, it is a frustrating year that is just going to be more frustrated – uh, more frustrating, I should say, because I did prepare something for us. Today. Yes, this is the, the the white loose leaf paper ripped out of a three ring binder or whatever little notebook. notebook. <laughs> Thank you, though. Yeah, let's um, let's see what we got. So as many of you listeners may have not known or not, maybe you want to pause it and come back. But uh, on October 11th, well, October 10th, <laughs> we recorded it. But on October 11th, we aired it, an episode um, talking about the Sabres and asking questions that unanswerable questions that we don't have the answers to. Right. Like a preseason like preload. Like a preseason yeah. kind of like, oh, this is how mm-hmm. the season's going to go. Now, I said we were going to talk about this in April, but it's February. And I just, like, They're not going to play meaningful games in March, yeah, so yeah. we got we to gotta jump the gun on this we a gotta, We're going to fall start, fire mm-hmm. penalty. I think It's still was, first down. I think that was the same week that the Bills 
either beat the Giants. I think beat the Giants. So ish around there. Weird I would time, say weird time for us. But yeah, to start off this moment, this this moment, um, <laughs> I, have, I have a quote, an inspirational quote. Okay, quote: Can't wait for the season to start. End quote. Joseph Michael Kelly, ten ten twenty three. Oh my God! Um, I can't. Well, I, could you blame me in that moment no, for saying that? I, no, I no, you couldn't blame me. It was me inspirational. For that. It was. It was. Wow. It was like the Disney movie. Come on, guys, we got the second half. Come on. It was getting the season going. Come, Come on. on, guys. It's on. <laughs> Coach is right. <laughs> yeah, that meme. Yeah, we got to find that clip somewhere. Um, That's funny. Unfortunately, both of us predicted playoffs ninety eight points. So right now. What they're twenty four, twenty seven, and four. I think that's close to s- little seventy six, something, something like that. So we're twenty points off our. <laughs> uh, we both made a, a a big emphasis on the Sabers needing to start off strong, you know, start off fast. Okay, right now, they, they did not. They, they started pretty us. much at five hundred. So the worst takes we've had l- reading back into this, you know, listening to the pot over again was we were massive UPL haters. And we were massive Patrick Kane haters, and Patrick Kane proved us wrong, so was UPL. Now, Patrick Kane is whatever, because I can assure you that the Sabres probably tried everything they could to sign him. So, like, that, like, we may have been against the idea of Patrick Kane. I pretty definitely could say the Sabres were not, so. Yeah. Um, but here we go. <sighs> okay. So, the questions to answer that we didn't know at the time, that we could kind of know now. So, I broke it down into forwards, defense, and then goaltending. And then we didn't talk about special teams um, I can just say right now the power plays atrocious. The main reason why they're going to make the playoffs and yeah. the penalty kill is kind of whatever, which is kind of better than last year. So they've improved on one half of the special teams, but massive downgrade on the other. But yep. oh, here we go. Question number one: Does the top line continue to cook? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, no, that is the farthest thing from the truth. Good lord. Good Lord. And like you said, it might be due to injury. But, but again, when I Kyle Ockpost is on the top line, they're not cooking. Skin, I'm telling you that much. Skin, so I'm talking about Skinner, Thompson, Tuck. Yeah. Skinner is just ha- his typical streaky self uh, this year. Thompson's at like a 50-point pace. Again, I think hand injury. And Tuck, I think, is dealing with something. I don't know. He just doesn't seem right to me either. So No. I, I don't know how to explain that. But does J.J. Paterka – question number two, excuse me. Does J.J. Paterka take the leap after the World Championships? That answer was yes. Yeah, absolutely. He's amazing. He's been one of the most fantastic players on the ice for the Sabres and a guy you can count on uh, day in and day out, truthfully. And, you know, him and Middlestat, to me, are the, the two big ones there. But that question is absolutely yes. Absolutely. You, I mean, you can make the case that Paterka has been their second best forward. He has 37 points, 19 goals, and 55 games. I didn't realize Alex Tuck has 37 points in 48 games, so he's not playing as bad as I thought he was. No, he's just not. It doesn't seem like he's impacting he's the not, game. Yeah, he's not right. Two-way, not yeah. playing two-way. He's not really showing himself in the game. That's the difference from what you've seen in years past. But, yeah, John Jason, a little little golf clap for you. That was, Honestly, little... some of these are more positive than I thought, at least with the forward wide, which is kind of funny. Okay, um, all right. What's the next one? Question number three. Does Mitz build on the second-half surge from last year? Yeah. Yes. I mean, again, 40, Continues. 44 points in 55 games, leading uh, the team in points and assists at the moment. Um, yeah, I think that's a resounding yes. So Yeah. I, okay. I, you, you, middle stat mode has been activated, and the switch can't turn off now. So that mm-hmm. that is a yes. What to make of Peyton Krebs at the end of the year? Well, I can make the, the thing right now. He has 10 points in 53 games. Um, no bueno? That is that an answer? Yeah, that ain't great, Bob. No. No. <laughs> that, that ain't it. No. Um, so... I thought no. I will. I thought he played pretty well um, yesterday with 
Benson and Patricia in a more offensive role, which again is what we were begging for for I don't know months now. But we'll we'll see how he ends. But it hasn't been good. But maybe maybe you know playing with more you know skillful players of Quinn out and all that uh, have gives, to wait and see on an that opportunity. one. Um, that question still has a mini question mark at the end of it. Mm-hmm, then yeah, what do they get from Benson? Uh, pretty solid. I mean. 16 points, 44 games. I think he's been hampered by the fact of he's shooting uh, like 8.7%. Uh, uh, I think he's under expected goals by like four, which is tied with Cousins. So, like, he, yeah. he's having a very good 18-year-old season. Yeah. First season in the NHL, he's he has kind of proven himself little by little out there. I think you can only go up from here, whereas the team has gone down to there, others. So, it'll be interesting to see how he fares uh, in the later seasons as he grows in the nhl mm-hmm. next question question mm-hmm. numbers like one two three four. you didn't number them on the paper you gotta you gotta <laughs> no, count I just, did, I just did like a dash <laughs> so this is my bad that was a mental error gotcha six uh does jordan greenway bounce back yes mm-hmm. i mean we're seeing him really come on uh, i think he's been solid defensively all year 19 points in 43 games i think he has six goals in his last 11 games and I yeah think he also got one round by cousins yeah minnesota so honestly he's played again i don't think people would have a problem with jordan greenway if he was playing bottom six minutes now right. he's, i know he's he's technically seventh uh in ice time so but like if he was like where gergensen's was in the lineup as your fourth liner yes three mils a little expensive but he, very good penalty killer been good defensively all year good physical player and kind yeah good physical player and kind of giving you you know what 19 points in 43 games is about 37 points like that's a solid season for it a bottom six forward and honestly last season i know everyone was kind of sleeping on him a little bit coming into this season but he's really yeah that question answers yes he is kind of he's improved upon last season for sure last question for the forward group question number seven okay the biggest question that we allude to did they do enough at forward with jack went out no no that is a resounding no i think that's the no herd around the world right there yeah absolutely not that is that is the one thing anyone Anyone listening on any podcast that talks about the Sabres, any show, anything that talks about the Sabres, that is a resounding no, hundred percent. Yep. Just uh, no, they didn't. It's just it's as simple as that. Um, the the running joke between Dom and I. Oh, Jack Quinn goes down in the off season. We didn't have enough time to Victor get anything. Olson. Yeah. Victor Olson. When we were doing <laughs> didn't this have enough episode, time to fix it. When we were doing this episode, Victor Olson was the top six forward. He was on the Cousins Patricia line. Um, yeah, you know what Victor Olson does now? He can't even play over Eric Robinson. So, right. I mean, just, that's just ridiculous. Um, of course not. Even if you, even if, you know, the Patrick Keane thing, whatever, but for them, and they ran it back forward wise, uh, their depth forwards of Gergensen and Oposa, who have been both pretty whatever. Um, yeah, I think Gergensen has four goals and zero. You and I had the same amount of assists as, uh, them as Gergensen's. Wow. What a stat. You know, love that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's trash. I'm sorry. I know he's supposed to be like nothing happens when he's on the ice. Right. Um, but it's still like you think he would do something out there, you know. Yeah. So they didn't improve him on the bottom six. And they didn't uh, feel that need. And heck, it's still a need. Even with Benson, Gurrinson's, I mean, Benson's Greenway and Mitz having an uh, already season. But you, yeah, you're right, though. Good. A lot of more positive answers for the forward group. I'm going to be honest with you. There were a lot of yeses in Honestly, there. Honestly, Okay. I think the individual question, sure, but like as a whole, no. As yeah. a whole, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Because like as a whole, like I'm sorry that the top line continue to cook has just taken a massive dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like cra- trickle down dump. Crabs, it's, it's on all. Of a it. lot of them, like I mean, we did do like JJ Mitz, Greenway, Benson. Like the question, those four guys rocked their question, but like that was a dump. 
uh, if they shouldn't have made any more moves, that was a dump. Uh, Krebs has been a dump. I'm sorry, guys. I think I'm a little worried. It's dump. trickle down but dumponomics. Like, even Come on. Co- even Cousins has been kind of not not his best season as well. So and Jack Quinn hasn't been able to stay healthy. Like mm-hmm. unfortunate, but he hasn't. So and what do the, all those dumps combine I, for? A dumpster fire of an offense. Oh, that was good. That's, that's that was good. Was, that yeah. was, take a bow. No, <laughs> no, I'm good. I can't stand up. Mike's gonna move, and then the the, the setup's all off. So, but uh, Here that we was go. good. But and um again, none of the forward prospects have been able to, um, other than Benson, who we, I don't even know if we consider a prospect anymore, been able to make a you know real impact on the team. No, they haven't been able to really go out there and do anything. So, uh-huh. I mean, on a a rough team from your skill players, that's kind of expected, though. I'm gonna be honest with you. It just so. is what it is. But um, mm-hmm. defensively now. Uh-huh. Um, Question number one for the defense. We'll break it down this way. Um, does OP take a sophomore leap? Um, the answer to that question is no. Um, not really. Not really. Just uh, he's banged up now. Um, OP. How do I explain this? OP is Ellen Power. I should just say his full name. Uh, Power, I think, <laughs> is like a basketball player that is kind of underrated by his. He's really big. He does a lot of things. Maybe not in the box score. Um, but he cannot shoot the three ball. Um, Owen Power cannot shoot the puck. Absolutely not. Like he he needs to talk to Rasmus Dahlin. He needs to spend the complete summer out. I think that, you know in Sweden, working with whoever <laughs> Rasmus Dahlin worked on to fix his shot because Owen Power has two goals. He has a three under three percent shooting percentage. Um, he needs to become more of a threat scorer. I know he does the unselfish play and he does you know creates offense to his passing but he needs to add that element of his game you got to be able to shoot the puck it has to happen and truthfully i don't know dom and i and also the producer mooch we we did a slap shot thing down on the ice after a game one season and i mean did any of us make it if i'm thinking back correctly did anyone make it out of us no Uh, head shake no no. did you make it i didn't make it you didn't make it did Mike Marino make it? That's the question. We will never we, – we, we won't have the answer to. So, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I think it was so, I – honestly, we might need to go see the same guy in Sweden and do a workshop with OP and maybe see what we can do. But, yeah. I, get it, him on the pod. Get him on the pod. What do you need to do, man? Come on. I don't know. It's just um, – it, he did not take that sophomore leap at all. No, so. it's kind of that sophomore slump a little bit. Yeah, uh, maybe I, he'll take the junior leap. We don't know. Um, hopefully. Um, was it smart to stay with Yoki Haru? I forgot how much we hated on Yoki Haru in this episode. We did. Um – I'm gonna say I'm gonna be positive on this one. I think Yogi Harry has been kind of fine. Like yeah. I, I think, I, I think at least I've been consistent. You have been consistent as well. Of both saying that he's a bomb pair guy, and I think it is pretty clear that he's a, been very good in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he, he plays fits, that role, he's the puzzle piece that fits in the spot. He's a bomb pair. He's he a is. bomb pair right shot, and you yep. need a bomb pair right shot. Like works. Now, do, are they gonna pay him because he's an RFA? Um, I don't know. I don't. Th- I'm not really comfortable paying him four million dollars. I don't think anyone is. But um, offer him some cheap money and see if he takes it. Or they just make him go to our arbitration, but yeah, I've been—I shouldn't say I've been impressed with Yuki Haru, but he's not—he's um, not tanking expectations. He's no, he's playing. Been, he's been fine. solid. He's yeah. been really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forgot. In this episode, we like loved Connor Clift and Eric Johnson. Jeez, before we knew. Yeah. And little did we know, Jacob yeah. Bryson would be six and zero in games played on the ice. Isn't uh, that real? He's not six and zero anymore, though. No, not technically. Uh, six and one now. Is that what he is? Something like that. I mm-hmm. don't remember. The, yeah, it's six and still seven, a travesty two. of a stat. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah. gross. So, um, our next question mm-hmm. was it a mistake to not add a top four D man? Um, yes. That's the question is resounding yes. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna combine two of them because it's the very it goes hand in hand with another one. The biggest question we had going in uh, for the defense was. Does Matias Samuelson stay healthy? Oh. How about no? <laughs> I think that one's a very 
Simple question. If you just looked up the stats. S- survey says you're going to get the maximum number of points. That's what Survey is telling you. He's played 41 games, and he's done. So mm-hmm. he's literally played 50% of the year um, right on the nose, and you just can't have it. Like, I just don't know what to say. Like, this is a guy that they've been counting on to be one of their top four D-men, and he just c- has shown time and time again that he cannot play uh, more than, like, 55 games a year. And for a team that doesn't have the greatest – quality of defenseman uh just not good enough i mean we want yoki Hari to be a bomb pair defenseman but when samuelson gets injured like that makes yoki Hari to come up and now that overpowered uh injured as well now it makes yoki Hari what the two it's like jesus like this is went downhill fast um yeah so. no it, it crashed and burned no i'm not gonna make that joke but it, like com- a rocket, it, com- but it comes down uh, – it adds to the other point of was it a mistake not to add another top four. I think they need to. They eventually. need to. They needed to in the beginning of the season. Your defense is so slow, your offense have been playing down to it all season, and that's part of the problem you're having. I so. just don't know how they uh, quote-unquote afford it because when you have two guys like Darlene and Power making 19 combined, Samuelson's making what, a little over four, uh, something like that. So you're probably – Right around there. You're probably like combined 23, 24 mil, like – you need to add a another guy, but he's got to be like at the five mil mark, and at that point, you're putting thirty million dollars into four defensemen. It's just a lot. Um, so I don't know what to do with that. And then our last question: uh, Does Ryan Johnson make an impact at that point? He was did not make the roster. Uh, he was but was NHL ready? Was NHL ready? And we were right on that one because mm-hmm. he's been very solid. I think he's been exactly what the the Sabers need. I mean, again, I think if you go into next season with um, you know, a Darlene Samuelson power uh, fill-in-the-blank defenseman and have Yuki Haru and jo- Ryan Johnson as your six. I think that's a pretty nice – well, I mean, five out of the six when you figure out the other top four. I think that's a pretty good six. So, um, yeah, I just uh, – Eric Johnson was a whiff, and Connor Clifton, I have no idea how they're going to get rid of that contract. Two years, 3.3 left after this season. So Yeah, I mean, I'm just – we're going through this, and how optimistic were we at that point? Yeah. I mean, we were pretty – I feel like we were still kind of balanced for sure, but we had high hopes going into the season. And uh, just, uh, you know, that, that crash, that's the hardest part, you know? Crash and burn, Thomas Rhett. Um, yes. That's where I saw Kevin Adams over the summer, too, that mm-hmm. concert. I think maybe – no, it was during the opener. I didn't I didn't go I didn't go during Thomas Rhett's set. But, yeah, so, tough. Yeah, the def- tough, tough, tough. The defense, um, yeah, definitely been – Disappointing. Disappointing, uh, especially the top guys, like – Yoki Hari and Ryan Johnson are probably the highlights, and when it happens, um, you know it's not a great year. No. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, you know it's not the best. So Go, Going to goalies, though. Um, oh, I can't wait to hear we this We were one. massive Levi supporters. And, mm-hmm. That and was that after I saw him on the plane ride home from uh, New York City after right. after the Jets loss. Yeah. So our one question is, is Levi the guy right now? The answer to the question is no. Absolutely not. Um, development, development, development. development. But mm-hmm. to his defense – He's been phenomenal now in the AHL. I think he just had a 50-save win against the Toronto yeah. Marlies. He's dialing in um, pretty good down there. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to butcher how many games he's played, but I think he's 6-3-2 and two or something like that. So he's played about 10 games in the AHL, and I believe he has a 9-30 save percentage. So that's really good to see for potentially maybe getting some playing time next year. I think he should just stay in the AHL for the rest of this year, but. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Don't d- the fact that they hung on to him so long up here and ridiculous. killed his confidence ridiculous. was absolutely ridiculous. You're gonna ruin the talk about psyche down now. You're gonna ruin his psyche. Yeah, yeah. if you're doing that. Um, does Comrie bounce back? No, absolutely. Uh, I'm not. gonna talk about that one. Uh, what to make of UPL? 
Solid man, like I very don't know what solid. To say. Like coming off the double hip surgery in 2019, the oh guy is God, back with just, iron hips. Every time, I mean, it's true. Every time, I can't every, believe no, it. No, no, no. Every time, <laughs> it's like I'm trying to think of like a perfect example. It's like every time somehow like we bring up the Monday Night Football game we went to with the Patriots. Like you always bring up. There's always the double, double hip surgery. Because mm-hmm. wow. it's just astounding. I mean, the guy, truthfully, what is 23? Um. I don't have the He's in his early 20s. I'll just say that. And he's had double hip surgery, right? And he's playing 24. goalie. 24. Had double hip surgery, playing in the NHL at a very high level. Um, I mean, you, you got to give the guy the credit. That's a tough thing to come back from. Double hip yeah. surgery. Come on. And um, our last question. Oh, gosh. Um, did the Sabres make a mistake not adding a veteran goalie behind Levi at the time? Um, I'm gonna yes. say no. No. See, I I see. This is a tough way to put it because if they if I say yes, that means they should have had one. And then UPL and doesn't have the season he UPL. has. Mm-hmm. But could UPL? They would send Levi down anyway, sure. and then UPL comes up and they rotate games together, and he actually. My thing with the goalies is that maybe I'm doing reverse 180, and maybe I think they should still add a third goaltender mm-hmm. in the off season to play HL and be solid in the NHL, but like. I would kind of be all right just giving UPL and Levi the crease next year and having, like, you know, a, a 50-32 split or something like that. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't think I'd be too against that. You'd have to see how Levi performs, though. And sure. I don't think they carry three goalies by any means. Oh, they, no. they need to stop doing that. That is not That should not be what they do. But you do need a backup plan if Levi does need a little bit more time in Rochester. I'm going to say that right now. You don't want to bank on these two and then UPL screwed in in the crease pretty much every game because you know what I mean. Absolutely. Like you don't want to you don't want to do that to him because then he might tank a couple games because he's just exhausted and then the the narrative's back hot and cold UPL and all yes. that stuff. You know. So yeah, that that could be the thing there, but. I do, I do somewhat agree with what you said. So those are our questions. And funnily enough, I'm just going to say this. Uh, looking at the statistics, uh, I didn't realize that UPL has never faced a shootout so far this year. Only only Levi has. So. And Levi, did he win or lose that shootout? Uh, he definitely lost because it says he saved one of four shots. Yep, definitely lost. Okay. So we'll have to see how <laughs> UPL does. Pen- pending this team gets competitive enough to go to a shootout, you know, that would be interesting to see. So, um yeah, it's listen, I, I, I do want to address this. There was an article written by Mike Harrington the other day um, for the Buffalo News about the toxicity in KeyBank Center. Right. And that's something. I don't know, like after this long, right, 2007 was the last time this team did anything relevant. Sure. I mean, they made the playoffs a couple times after that. A couple times after that. But never, they did never really. A, a it was tender. Right. Exactly. The, the, 2007 was the last time they were a contender. Whatever. I've been out on the Sabres my entire, my pretty much entire childhood because 2007, 2005, really the last time they were exponentially amazing was uh, we were we were three. So like I'm <laughs> sorry I'm not sitting down I, I'm not getting the stats for Sabres hockey with with the diapers you know what I mean. So um, we'll have to. It's just it's tough to get back into it. They went on that 10 game 11 game win streak with Jack Eichel when Jeff Skinner was first added to the squad. Right, that was a ray of hope back into the team. But no, the soccer coach tanked that one. Right, so. Now it's this year. Now it's this year. And it's like, I we used to go to games, right? We went to games quite frequently, all three of us, over the past couple of years. I never had an inkling to leave in the third period because it was, even if they were down by two, you knew they were in it still. They were going to make it interesting. They were going to make big plays. Something was going to happen that was crazy. 
this season, where's that? I'm packing up in the third period. They just chill their belly. They just chill their belly and die. Yeah, they roll over. Yeah, they roll over like a possum and just die in the middle of the road. Like that's just what it is, and that is not fun for the fans to watch. It was different when they were on the up and up, and the expectations were so high this season for a lot of people, including myself, including us, including their fans. Inclu- I'm sorry, including themselves. Themselves. Like, they like, talked about playoffs. Right. Exactly. They said they were a playoff team that was going to happen. So to have it just completely just. Again, turn into a dumpster fire right in front of your face. It looks like you've seen Bruce Almighty, right? Uh, I've not, for, not. Okay, so based based in it. based in Buffalo, he makes he lets the Sabers win the Stanley Cup at one point, right? The city burns down, like everything burns down in the city of Buffalo. That's happening, except the Sabers haven't won the Stanley Cup. It's happening because of the opposite, because they just can't seem to get it right ever. And like that is the toughest part about it. And Mike Harrington writes in this article, right? Like he's in the press box, right? So are the rest of the people in the press box, of course. They go down. They go to so the rest of the media. They go down before the game really ends. They're in the elevator to hit the locker room to get the interviews, right? So they mm-hmm. don't see this. But the Sabres stop saluting the fans, right? So you're thinking to yourself, okay, what's going on here? Apparently, in here, the fire Donnie chants are what's really getting under the player's skin. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, let's think for a second here. Right, I know I'm not a professional hockey player by any means, not a professional athlete by any means. Got a torn Achilles from beach lifeguarding. Like I don't know what happened there. So, um, anyway, it's just if you don't like that that's being said about your coach, and you've shown you can play, you've shown you can win seven to nothing against the Kings. That's the hockey they played last season. If you don't like they're saying that about your coach, how about you play the game? How about you win games? You know what I mean? Play high event hockey. Do the game plan. That's kind of my my take on that. What do you think? I, I that might just be the couch coordinator in me, sure. but it's just like play the game and that won't happen to your coach. Sorry, like that's just what it is at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's a results driven. Yes, I mean sports, professional sports is really results driven, and when you haven't made the playoffs in over a decade, when you have this expectation of playoffs, uh, and you're falling completely short, and Listen, it's one thing to fall short and be 24, 27, and 4. It's one a, point out. One but, thing to fall short, one point but out. But it's another thing to just be completely awful at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be different if they were 27, 20, you know, this their record and they were just good at home, but they just sucked on the road. But, like, you know, when people spend money to come see you play and, you know, too many times this season it's just been a trash game, like, that's a sour taste. And... Again, I, I well, you could understand their frustration with the fire Donnie chant because I think they really love Donnie and they 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 don't want to see that. That's but their guy at the end of the day. That's but their guy, but at the same time, like it's results driven. This is what his third full year, right? Third full year, mm-hmm. like yeah. At this point, if if it's not going the right way, they're gonna figure something else out. And it's frustrating because I think he's a good guy and I don't think he's an awful coach, no. but the fact that he hasn't been, like they, they, the Sabres just have been unable, you know, we're 55 games into the year. We're almost two thirds into the way through the year. They've been unable to stop the bleeding per se. They've been unable to stop these slow starts at home. They've been unable to, you know, when they're down one in the third period, They've been unable to generate any offense where it's, you know, they were down 4-3 yesterday. It was a very competitive first two periods, and then the third period happened, and they didn't they just really rolled over. generate anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they had a couple of chances late, yeah. but it was like, this is how you're going to die? Like You're trying to put a Band-Aid on a stab wound, per se. Like, I, that's what I, you are. I just think changes 
the vibes are off, and I think changes need to be made. And do they take the buyout I mean, for Granado? That's the question at this point I've been before pro- his extension goes in. I've been pro firing Donnie. I think potentially he could be saved. I just think they need. I think they need a. They need to grow up. They they need to grow up in this organization and these assistants that are just you know not getting the job. Oh, done. you have Buffalo Sabers in your resume. Like, I just think they need to. Those guys need to. They need to figure out how to put a professional coaching staff together with people that maybe have high coaching experience. And I think like. I don't know what's going on with ownership, but they have a hard cap. You know, do they have an internal cap, I should say. But they got to figure that out, too, because it's it's kind of just ridiculous. Like, the Sabres are never the team that will take on a crappy contract to get a second-round pick like Arizona has been. And, yeah, I know you don't want to pay them the, you know, the money that's money for the out of the owner's you know, checkbook. But just, just here, Pagula, pawn the yacht. Just pay off Donnie's they, contract. They just, That's all you got to do. Come on, just, just sell the yacht. They, listen, the Sabres just need to be – they're just not a very good run organization. And, no. You know, they, I still have some faith in Kevin Adams, but it's dwindling. I like Donnie, but I think cha- – I mean – Might need a little change. Whether Bare they're, minimum, the, uh, the assistants should be just gone. They need yes. a complete – if they're going to keep Granado, they need to completely clean house at, around him. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, fresh. too. New We're, voices. And we've, we've said, too, Adams, I think – gets an off season, right? He gets the off season to see if he does if he does the same thing as he did last off season, it's I'm sorry. Like you, yeah, yeah, you're done. But if you actually go out and add some key pieces that this team need, I I, I could see that. But Donnie it's it's, this, it's the same thing with McDermott though in a way, right? They weren't getting the job done. They were six and six. They hadn't gone past the divisional round in three years. It's just kind of like that's what happens. The heads get called for at a certain point because it's result driven, like you said. Sure. No, you're absolutely right on that perspective. Um, I just think it's a little. I I I've never been pro the Granado McDermott comparison because McDermott's made the playoffs and right. And, I was stretching and, for that. No, no but, but no, you're right by being results driven because like, what I think was more frustrating <laughs> is that in in the NFL, I know they added seven teams out of the playoffs, so it's fourteen, but less than half the league makes the playoffs in a single elimination. Like yeah. it's significantly harder to make the playoffs year in year out. It's significantly harder to, you know, go deep because it's single elimination. You could lose to anyone. You could beat anyone at the same time. Like in the NHL, like I'm sorry, but half the teams, like 16 out of 32 make it. Yeah, they make it. You, you can accidentally make the playoffs. Like, like that's how, that's how crazy 16 it is. 16 out of 32 make it. And it's a best of seven. Like, we just saw the greatest regular season team in the Boston Bruins lose in seven games to the Panthers. So who made it in one point ahead of the Sabers last season? You like, just, it's unbelievable that they just haven't been able. To, sorry, excuse me, I just hit my mic. But they, they un, their un, their inability to figure out how to make the playoffs, um, it's just heartbreaking. And you know it's unfortunate, but knowing all of us, you know we'll ne- flock ne- right back next October. Your quote of <clears throat> sorry for wrestling paper, but. Can't wait for the season to start. It will be 10-10-24. I mean, it's just – that's what it it's is. It's going to happen again. But that's what fandom is about, and I, I wouldn't want it any other way, but – I'll stick with it, just maybe not through the third period of every game. But I, <laughs> I need to see some real changes after the season. Yeah. About their approach to roster building and their coaching staff. Yep, and that'll be what keeps Kevin Adams around or not. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the, the key long there. term, yep. long term. You need to build the organization and you're like you said, the assistant coaching, the assistants not happening. So you need to clean house if you want to keep Granado or you do the early buyout for Granado's contract. So 
you will have to wait and see what happens there. But I think this is the deepest we've dove into the Sabres this season just because, I don't know, my mood's like way down from when we started after talking about all this. But anyway, I think that wraps it up for this edition of the Buffalonian podcast, the toxic environment inside KeyBank Center. We'll have to wait and see how it fares for the rest of the season. But you heard it here first. They will not be playing meaningful games in March, in my opinion. What do you think? Before we end here, any meaningful games in March? Yeah, Mathematically, they're alive. Anything can happen. So we'll have to wait and see. They'll hang on to that 2% for the whole season like they did last year. But I'm Joe Kelly. As always, I'm joined by Dom Loss. Thank you to our producer, Mooch, for everything you do for the show. Whew. I'm going to add this in here, too. If you're watching on YouTube, you're watching the video version, make sure to like and subscribe. That'd be great. And also on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. You know, it, all, it always helps to grow the show. And we're going to be getting some guests on here pretty soon, so stay tuned for that. But that does it. Dom, how do we always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. <laughs> all Sabres pod, but go Bills, baby. Let's go.